0: This is Ain Yaakov, and we are on page Vav in our books. You guys got books? No, you're just listening. Levi has a book. That's all that matters. Oh, here's the other books. Here, enjoy. Here's the other books. We are at a Mishnah, kind of. You know what Ain Yaakov is like. The Mishnah says, lay. Very famous words. There's so much on this in Hasidus that I had to pick and choose what we're going to talk about. The way that a person measures, that's the way he's measured. What does that mean? That's the way that you act, that's the way that God acts to you. And it's not imprecise. It's incredibly precise. It's not just if you're good, God's good. It's that exactly the sort of way you do things, that's the sort of way God interacts with you. We're going to talk about this a lot. Let's just read. Um, this is exactly what happens to the Seitas. She does rotten things. And so bad things happen to her. He, Kis, does ultimately Aveda. She dressed herself up nicely. She put on her makeup, her jewelry, so that she could do an Aveda. She's a woman who has, uh, is promiscuous. God makes sure that she gets entirely disgraced. She's going to go up to Haravayas. They're going to tear her clothes. They're going to undo her hair. She does not have a pretty day. She made herself pretty, and now she doesn't have a pretty day. He says, She revealed herself for Aveda. When somebody does a sin, they got to take their clothes off. So God has revealed her. Now everybody sees what she really is. Uh, I think that's also to be taken literally. Literally, she ends up having her clothes torn off. She started her Aveda. She started sinning with her thigh and then with her stomach so her thigh gets struck first and then her stomach gets struck and her entire body gets destroyed too uh, quick fact check here is the Gamara is going to clarify that actually isn't the order that she gets cursed and it hits her belly first and then her and then it gets her thigh afterwards but this is the order of the uh, the order of the of the curse which is not necessarily the order of her destruction in any case um, She she has everything happen to her very much, mida k'nege Before we talk about the chassidists, just uh, let's talk about why God does this. Why does God act mida k'nege There's a lot of ways God could act why did he choose to do it in that way? I mean, it sounds so logical. It sounds fair, right? It's fair that God should do to me what I do to Him. Who decided that? God decided that. He could have made it different. So why did God decide to do things with me to connect with me to this? The in this. A Ma'asha right here. The says that if the punishment fits the crime, you'll know why the punishment came. So if God wants to punish me, God's why would God punish me? He's not just trying to upset me. He's trying to help me do tshuva. If He punishes me in some vague way, I'm not going to figure out what I did wrong. I'm not going to be able to do tshuva. So what He does is He makes the thing that hurts me happen very similarly to the Avera that I did, or he makes the thing that happens that's good to me as a reward very similar to the thing I did, so that I associate one with the other. Otherwise, I wouldn't see the connection, meaning God's trying to communicate with me when he gives me rewards and punishments. It's not just a scorecard, it's a communication. And if God didn't show me a punishment that looks a lot like my Averas and a reward that looks a lot like my Mitzvahs, I wouldn't make the connection. That's the mashads. For me, it's how we make a connection. His Lashon is it helps with Tzidak Adin, but obviously it applies in both directions. But Chassam Sefer has a little bit of a different take on this. He says that it's not, uh, it's not that God's trying to tell me anything at all. It's that God set up natural consequences. When God tells you don't do something, it's because something very similar and horrible will happen to you. When God tells you to do something, it's because the way he built the world, something very similar and good will happen to you. These are the natural lines in the world. That there are lines running through our actions to outcomes. And some actions and outcomes we can see. I know that if I flip over a table on my leg, it's going to hurt. <laughs> and some actions I don't see. I don't necessarily see if I eat tray how that's going to damage me. But God sees. So God says, look, I'm going to show you the lines. And these lines, they all line up very nicely. The same way that if I drop something heavy on my foot, my foot hurts. When I do certain Avedas, they come with very similar looking punishments. And similarly, when I do certain mitzvahs, they come with very similar looking rewards. That's the way the Chassam Sefer understands this. What exactly are the outcomes of me, the how does it How does it play out? There's a Ramban in a sefer that people don't know about called Hamun of Abitachin. It's in Parak 15 of Amun of Abitachin. The Ramban says that we, uh, and this is the opposite of the way that I understand chassidists, so I, we need to think about this, but I'm just going to tell you what the Ramban, Ramban says, and I'm not going to get into how this doesn't fit with any of the Maimaram that come to mind. The Rabban says, "How did Avram become Ish Chesed? How did Yitzchak become an Ish Pachad? And how did Yaakov become an Ish Emes?" Now, if you're confused by that because you learn Chabad Hasidus, don't worry. The word Pachad usually means Yira, which also usually means Gvura, and Emes is associated with Rachamim, which is also Tiferes. Beauty is truth, and truth or beauty is actually a Kabbalistic concept. Although that's uh, what is it? Kitzus there, right? It's a Kabbalistic, <laughs> Kabbalistic concept. Ah, Emes Titen Titen Emes Yaakov. That's right. So Yaakov is associated with MS. He says the way this happened is that Avram Vinu did a lot of Chesed, and Mida Kenag Midah, he became the Merkava of Chesed, that he started it. Now, this is, I don't know if this fits perfectly with every mimer that I'm familiar with, but we'll talk about some other time. Anyway, Avram did a whole lot of Chesed, and as a reward, Hashem made him the Merkava of Chesed. Yitzchak, he was Kevish as Yitzray, he didn't want to die, he didn't want to be tied up by his father and sacrificed, but he did it anyway, he was Kevish as Yitzray, and in reward for that, he became a Merkava of Pachad, of Gevura, and Yaakov, who promised Hashem Asera, that I'll give you one-tenth of everything I have. Fulfilled his promise, that's a person of Emes, and so God made him the Merkava of Emes. Says this is an example of midah, literally, the midah that this person was best at, God made them the best at that midah. Which means, practically speaking, says the Ramban, if I decide to be zar tve, if I decide to take one midah and make that my special midah, God will give me the power to become the embodiment of that midah. Because in the Mida that I use, it's a very literal reading of the of the Mishnah. The midah that I associate with, that's the midah that God gives to me, bishofi. That's a Ramban. There's a kedushas Levi on Shoftim that also matches me this this uh, this Mishnah. He says says in the passage titen Yet put judges in front of all your gates. Right? What's Right? I'm gonna get them. Okay. That's that's the The second half. So he says. That God is just giving us good advice. In all of your interactions, you get to decide how God's going to judge you. You can set up your own judgment in heaven. He can give all of that. And how does it work? When you judge other people favorably, God will judge you favorably. If you're shavtuas am you can set up a system in heaven where God will judge you with righteousness. And similarly, God is giving us advice saying, you get to decide how the, how the din's going to be Lamaila. It's a Kedusha slavy. It's a Kedusha Slevi. It's very, brilliant. Very yeah. Isn't it? It's a Kedusha slavy. You can see it in, a, in Parsha Sheptim, Kedusha Slevi. So this is a Hayyemim, really. It's a Hayyemim from Chav Sivan, which is my birthday. The Hayyemim from Chav Sivan says the first Yechidus that you had, that was the way your entire life went. And the Lashon there is very confusing. It says the Sechon Midas of a Chasid correspond to his first Yechidis by the Rebbe, and that the first Yechidis is Lafi, the Mahos atma of the Chassid, and based on his Mahos atz, Atzmeh, that's the way the Yechidis goes. So it sounds very circular. It's that like the way, the, my, my life is based on my Yechidis, my Yechidis is based on what I am, and when I come out of the Yechidis, that's what I will become. That's more or less what the Hayim says for Chab 7. This comes from a much longer letter from the Rebbe Ma'arash. That talks about the differences between Ramesh Valenker and Yikosi Lepler, two Chasidim of the al who had opposite po- polar opposites in the way they did their Aveda. Ramesh Valenker was a Balmechan and also was a Pnimi. Um, the the Radmarash himself says in this letter there's no such thing as a, as a Makif dik or a Chitzenidik chassid. You can't be a chassilab and be a Makif." But he says some people are a Pnimi of a and some people are a maqif a right? So it's just whichever is on the surface. Both of them were Pnimim. But every Reb- Reb- was known, was known as being a as being a makif, that he was very much a very much about Liseridus, Sometimes he would daven, and his davening would, he would daven shakras, mincha, and Marav in one fell swoop just because they took so long. He davened his whole chakras till mincha, and mincha til mariv, and that was his day. And then he'd go to bed, I guess. Um, Ramesh Vilenka was about was balmechen says uh, in this letter from the Reb Marash from which this Hayyemim is taken, this letter from the Reb Marash, he says that the uh, that they had completely different styles in how they prepared for Yechidus and that's how they came out that way. The Meshav was the kind of guy who took things very seriously. So he uh, he learned very seriously for three years before he was ready to go into Yechidus. He prepared for three years. He walked into Yechidus and he came out the other end and he sat for seven years it, by the Alter Rebbe trying to figure out how to apply his Yechidus in Avedas. This is somebody who came in that way with that sort of disposition. The Yechidus set him on a certain course, and then he exemplified that disposition. The same way that the person comes in, that's the way that he comes out measured bishofi, very much like the Ramban. And by the way, that's the Lashen that the Rebbe Marash uses. He used the Lashen of our Mishnah, that that's the way a person comes in, the chassi, comes in the, the Rebbe takes that and basically makes that, it exemplifies that, very much like the Ramban. Uh, Kushia leftler. Do you know about his first, uh, his first, uh, his first you Ever hear this story? It's wild. Uh, he was not. He was not a labavacher. Obviously, he was not a was not, not a chabad chassid. He was. He was. Uh, he was from whatever. I don't know. I assume he was from uh, from the from the Litvish <laughs> He was out there somewhere. One of the representatives of the Altadeb came to him and gave a drusha in his shul. And he said, "This is brilliant. I've got to find out who said this." He was a Bali, He said it. He got very excited. They said the Altadeb is in Liajna He went running to go see him. He gets there. He goes, "I'm going in the yichidus." And they said, "Ah, calm down. That's not the way it's done. There's rules. You got to prepare yourself." They tried. To give Madracha, he ran past them, climbed up the wall, and burst in through the window in the top floor to bust into the altar of his room room. <laughs> he climbed a wall. He scaled a wall and busted through the window, and he cried out. I think I had the Lush in here. He cried out and he said, Rebbe, Rebbe, take away my left side. Take away my Yetzahara. Rebbe, Rebbe, take away my Yetzahara. And uh, whatever happened to that Yechidis from that point onward, he then became even more of that when he came out the other end. That is, he, he came out the other end of Yechidis, even more of a Baal Hissaril. So, another case of Midashad of ba Meidid yeah, right. So you, you kind of, you have a disposition and then what, a, what, what, what God does, what a Rebbe does, what a Yechidus does, which is all very much the same thing because we're talking about meeting yourself. What happens at the top of your Aveda is that the dispositions you come in with get exemplified. That's what the Ramban is saying. It's also what the Reb is saying, is that when you're at the peak of Aveda, you don't become a new person. The peak of Aveda is exemplifying what you are and just bringing it out much, much stronger in a way of Kedusha. The, uh, the Rebbe, um, I have a couple things here from him. We have to finish up. So let me see what I want to choose before we, before we call it a day. Let me see. Ah, there's a, there's a beautiful sechah from the Rebbe's in Teres Menachem, volume 67, page 297, where he says, Why does Hashem act this way with us? Why does Hashem do Mida Keneg and Mida by us? And he says, Because we're his children. He says that you act the way your children act because you have to, right? So if your child does something, this prompts a reaction from you. If your child does something wrong, you have to discipline them. If your child does something right, you have to reward them, ideally in a way that matches their good or bad deeds so that you can make them better. That doesn't apply to other people's children, says the Rebbe. You see somebody else's child doing something, that doesn't change your actions at all. You sit there and do nothing. So the fact that God is so closely interacting with us in both a positive and a negative way shows how close God really is with us because this is a way that you only act with your children. The last thing that I want to talk about in this topic is in Teres Menachem, volume 12, page 289, the Rebbe raises something that bothers me every time he raises it, and for the first time, he calms me down. Every time I've heard this in Chassidus, this has bothered me. I've never had a solution to this before, this Sicha. This Sicha solves a big problem throughout the entire Chassidus. Um, Rabbi and he said, mm-hmm. right? He said, I don't know what direction I'm going. At the end of my life, I've been a very good Jew, but hey, maybe I'm going to Gahanim. How do we understand this? A pih the way this is understood. And by the way, the Rebbe did not invent this. This is in a Mimer from the Rebbe Ma'arash and it might be even earlier, but I saw that mimer of the Rebbe Ma'arash this exact same Lashon. But the problem is he knew that his nefesh, Shiroh, Nishama, and Chaya were fine. He didn't know if his yechidah was messed up. He didn't know if his yechidah was messed up. How do you mess up your yechidah Left Stam in Chassidus. It's all over my Marm and Chassidus that it's possible to have a rotten Yechida. You would never know. You have no relationship with your Yechida. You would never find out. You could live a perfect life as a perfect tzaddik. You would never know. You, didn't, you could never do an Avey your entire life, no Yetzahara. At the end of 120, you get up there and they go, your Yehida was rotten. The core of you was no good. Get out of here and they throw you in the Gehenim. That's the way it's understood in my Marm. What do you do with that information? The Rebbe finally commiserates. In this secha, in volume 12 of Teres Menachem, page 289, the Rebbe says exactly those words. What do you do with that information? What do I do with the fact that no matter how good I am, I might be rotten to my core and never find out? And the Rebbe says that... If I were to... I want to read you his and I can't not read it. Then we'll call it a day. When a person interacts with another person in an inner way, that is, somebody who is not yet from. He even convinces them to this other person to stay away from things that are shy to the Gimel Kalipas In a careful way, in, in a way that's matim, in a way that makes sense. Then God does to him? What does that look like? When I help take another Jew out of MK Klippa so that they're not involved in Gimel Klippas Satimaeus, God has to, has to. God is willing to respond in kind. What does that look like? What's the Mida K'negen Midah of taking another Jew and pulling them out of Gimel Klipa Satimaeus? God pulls me out of Gimel Klippas Satimaeus no matter what level I have, no matter what part of me is there. If my Nefesh Neshama is there, he'll pull it out. My Chayah is there, he'll pull it out. If my Yechidah, is there he'll pull it out too. So the Rebbe tells us here that the solution to a rotten yichidah, you would never know you had it, but by helping another Jew get closer to Terran mitzvahs, you can repair it. Now, I would not dare to suggest that this is the sole reason or even one of the major reasons why the Rebbe is so involved in, uh, in, in getting us to go out there and help our fellow Yidden, but I will note then almost every sikh the Rebbe talks about the importance of Miftzaim and the importance of outreach and the importance of opening Chabad houses. Whenever the Rebbe talks about this, of working with other Yidden and helping them come close to the Yiddishkeit, he almost always says, in addition to you saving them, you're going to be doing a big favor for yourself. One of those favors is that if you happen to have a rotten Yechidah, God will undo it. This is one of the only things, maybe the only thing, I think it's the only thing I've ever found, that can fix a rotten Yechidah is Miftzaim on Friday. So today's Thursday night. Head out to the streets, fix a rotten Yechidah if you happen to have one, and I will see everybody on uh, Sunday, Sunday. How many people do you have to save? Huh? He says just one. One, one.